This episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge is sponsored by IATA Training. More than 1 million students have boosted their aviation careers with them. Visit www.iata.org training to discover how they can help your aviation career. That's iata.org training. It's been a tough year operationally for Ryanair. The airline has seen grounded planes, thousands of flights canceled, and then a bungled PR effort in response to those cancellations. Seth, are you worried about Ryanair? Nah. Yeah, me neither. The airline might have to, might have to reaccommodate 700,000 passengers, and that's a big number. But here's a bigger number, 40. That's the percentage operating profit margin for Ryanair in the third quarter. 40%. We haven't seen numbers like that from an airline this big since, well, last year when Ryanair did it. I'm Jason Cottrell, Vice President of Airline Weekly, and joining me is a big number in his own right, Seth Kaplan, Managing Partner of Airline Weekly. We're going to talk about Ryanair's continued success and even its surprisingly numerous challenges. Air France, KLM, Lufthansa, and IAG are all enjoying improved results. We'll check in on the Canadian rivals WestJet and Air Canada and the Japanese rivals All Nippon and Japan Airlines, plus a whole lot more all coming up in the Airline Weekly Lounge. Thanks for joining us. We're starting the show with Ryanair and then, well, it's going to be all downhill from there because Ryanair posted a 40% operating profit margin in the third quarter. Believe it or not, they did better last year with a 43% margin and 41% the year before. But all of it together is a remarkable achievement. Seth, are we to make anything of the fact that Ryanair didn't improve year-over-year results? Well, pretty tough to improve upon those uh, numbers that you said, 43% and 41%. So yeah, I mean, the reason they fell is the same reason all airlines decline from whatever number. That's when uh, you know costs rise more than revenues or, you know, could be the other way around, right? Uh, you know, revenues shrink more than uh, than costs shrink. Obviously, in the case of a, of a rapidly growing airline like Ryanair, it's the former. Uh, yeah, their costs rose seven percent. Uh, the revenues rose three percent, and so you get those uh, deteriorating margins. Uh, however, however strange it might say to you, <laughs> sound to use a a word like deteriorating when we're talking about an airline that's uh, in 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 such a good position compared to anything in the world except its own lofty results. So what continues to be the driving force behind their success? Well, uh, look, airfares did fall, uh, you know, base airfares. Uh, it, it, there's, there's a lot of competing capacity. Ryanair itself uh, has been growing. So, uh, yeah, summer airfares fell 9%. There's been so much else, uh, you know, going right for Ryanair. Obviously, everybody knows about what's going wrong, the, uh, the operational issues. Those are uh, serious from an operational standpoint, and they'll have... Some impact, uh, you know, and, and going forward, Ryanair might have to pay its pilots more and those sorts of things. Uh, but for the moment, what's happening is is uh, uh, you know you get very high load factors, and they continue uh, to to expand their leadership in in the in the ancillary revenue world. This is an airline that didn't assign seats at all up until just a few years ago, uh, and now you have roughly half of its passengers paying 
uh, for advanced seat assignments. Uh, also an airline that for most of its history didn't really chase business uh, travel, um, you know, corporate flyers and so forth. Well, now it has 7% of its passengers buying uh, what it calls its plus fares. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's business travel, more flexible uh, airfares that come with certain amenities. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, mostly continuing to do the things that it's always done well with the, with, with the very big exception for the moment of, of, of being a good operator. That was, uh, you know, in the past, uh, even people who didn't like Ryanair, which is plenty of people would say, well, you know, they are reliable. Uh, you know, that has been slipping. Um, but in every other regard, obviously still, still the lowest cost, uh, European airline, um, and now expanding on the uh, on the revenue side too. So uh, a lot more uh, going right than wrong for Ryanair in the ways that matter most, despite the most the, the impression you might get from from uh, uh, looking at some of the headlines coming out of it over the past few months. How much of a role are Monarch and Air Berlin playing in in their current success? Well, uh, yeah, that, that matters when when two sizable airlines in 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 uh, Ryanair's markets uh, go away. Uh, you know, Monarch carried 5 million passengers annually, Air Berlin, uh, 29 million. Uh, and, and so, you know, now look, some of that is going to be discretionary travel where, you know, there are some people that if the the flight's not there, they just might not travel. But a lot of those people are going to fly a different airline and, and, uh, Ryanair in many cases is, is going to be well positioned to capture that traffic. So, You've got both the the effect of of taking some supply out of the market. You know, some of that supply just won't rematerialize. Uh, that puts upward pressure on 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 airfares, which is helpful. Uh, and then the share shift that those the people who are still going to travel, um, you know, are, are are in many cases going to be uh, 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 flying Ryanair. Um, you know, which is happy to go in and uh, continue to expand in Germany. For one thing, you, you mentioned Air Berlin. I mean, Ryanair has has uh, been very interested in that market. Uh, uh, you know, most spectacularly in Frankfurt, uh, you know, it's made headlines there uh, and, and ruffled the feathers of, of, of Lufthansa, but uh, more broadly, just uh, the German market in general uh, of clear interest to Ryanair. And are Norwegian struggles a help or a hindrance right now? Well, right now, Norwegian is a hindrance because it exists. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it uh, in, in the same way that Air Berlin, uh, although it was you know, struggling for years, the fact that it existed, you know, that was competing capacity. Uh, so, the, you know, the fact that those airlines are struggling per se doesn't help Ryanair. What helps Ryanair is if those airlines shrink or, or go out of business. So, so you know, Monarch and Air Berlin are now helpful uh, for Ryanair because they don't exist. Uh, Norwegian, you know, that's uh, 29 million uh, annual passengers uh, who t- would be up for grabs to some degree if Norwegian were uh, to, to cease to exist. Alitalia, by the way, you know, it's 24 million passengers. Let's see what happens there. Uh, even harder probably to imagine Alitalia just vanishing. It'll probably survive in, in some form, uh, whether as a part of another airline, but you know, uh, let's see it, it you know, th- th- that's, th- those are, those are a lot of seats. As I mentioned, those two airlines there would do the math. What almost, uh, uh, Oh, almost 60 million seats between the two of them. Uh, and, and so that would mean a lot, uh, to to Ryanair, if, if if one or both of those airlines were, were truly to to cease trading, which is clearly not imminent, you know it means a lot to us, our sponsor. I want to thank them. It's IATA Training. Did you know that 36 million new aviation related jobs will be needed in the next two decades? 
Offering over 350 aviation-related courses, IATA can help you take advantage of this huge opportunity and boost your career. And even better, if you register more than three months in advance, you can save 20% on course fees. Terms and conditions apply. Visit iata.org training for details and start shaping your career in aviation. That's iata.org training. So while Ryanair might be the most successful airline in Europe right now, it wasn't the only one. Things are going well in Europe, and uh, Air France KLM posted a 14% operating margin in the third quarter. 14% is better than American and United, by the way. It's also on par with Lufthansa. Seth, does this mark a new chapter for Air France KLM? That's one of those things that you only really know the answer to in retrospect. You know, when we can look back if it's doing well uh, a year or two from now and 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 point to this as the turning point uh, rather than, you know, just as as, as a blip or, or an anomaly uh, in, in an otherwise lackluster story. But uh, you've got to feel encouraged uh, looking at what's going on there. Um, you know, even... Um, uh, Parts of it. I mean, look, you know, KLM. Uh, no surprise that 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 it uh, continues to do well. It put up an eighteen percent margin. Uh, but uh, look at um, Transavia, uh, the the low cost unit, which which has been problematic in general. It put up a thirty percent margin. I mean, yeah, that's the peak summer quarter, but uh, still, you know, that that's a huge increase from nineteen percent. Uh, a year earlier and, and 30%. That's the kind of margin where, you know, even though obviously uh, the winter will be a lot tougher, where um, that, that can be a, a profitable unit on, on a year round basis. There are real reasons to hope that maybe uh, this company has turned the quarter and, and, uh, and that would be a big deal because, uh, you know, this is a, a company that kind of came out of the gate quickly after the, uh, uh, after the Air France KLM merger, uh, well, what's that now about 13 years ago, started to shine, but then it, it kind of faded and it's been a while now. Uh, and, and as you said, um, you know, putting up numbers, uh, well, you mentioned it better than American and United. Now look on a year round basis, it's unlikely to do better than them because, uh, Europe is far more seasonal. So, uh, you know, is it going to have a better fourth or first quarter than American and United? That'll be tougher. Good numbers. Uh, you know, some of the best we've seen out of there, uh, in a long time. Another good number, Lufthansa posted a handsome 15% operating profit margin. With both Air France and Lufthansa, how big of a factor is the retreat by Gulf carriers? Well, it's helpful. Uh, and look, it's 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 nothing too dramatic. Uh, it's not like they're in full fledged retreat. They're just not growing like, like like they once were. But yeah, they they compete for a lot of the same traffic flows. Uh, look, let's be honest. Even though the the U.S. carriers, if anything, are are making the most noise these days about the the the, the threat that the Gulf carriers uh, provide uh, or pose rather, uh, at the moment. The Gulf carriers compete for a lot more of the same traffic uh, against European carriers than against U.S. carriers. You know, U.S. carriers, yeah, no question. You know, people traveling to India, those Gulf carriers are problematic. Um, but you know, the, uh, they're they they are probably more concerned about the potential. You know, the future. What if they start flying more transatlantic, Fifth Freedom kind of stuff, uh, like Milan JFK and that sort of thing? At the moment, it's not a huge percentage uh, of the networks for Delta, United. American that are exposed uh, to, to Gulf carriers. Uh, whereas for uh, 
the uh, for European carriers, especially those two that you mentioned, Lufthansa, Air France, Kayla, maybe a, a bit less for IAG. Uh, you know, yeah, there, there, there's just a lot of overlapping traffic flows where somebody, uh, you know, there's a lot of more demand from Europe to India. It's just a lot closer to India, um, where somebody, you know, might connect in, in, in Frankfurt or they might connect in Dubai. Um, and, and so to whatever extent Gulf carriers, uh, sort of moderate their ambitions, th- th- that's good news for, uh, for Air France, Kale, and the Lufthansa. Let's talk about IAG, the third leg, and right now the most successful leg, the big three. If you don't believe me, they post a 2% margin in the third quarter. That's better than the rest of the big three, and it's almost as good as any U.S. airline. Seth, when was the last time IAG saw a 22% margin? Never. Uh, certainly not as IAG. The, the IAG as it exists, of course, is, is, uh, is not... Uh, all that old of a company. It started with the merger of British Airways and Iberia, uh, you know, and then added Voiling and now Aer Lingus. Now, um, that's kind of the asterisk there when I say, uh, you know, adding Aer Lingus, um, of course, helped uh, IAG. That's that's a, uh, a, a highly profitable unit. Um, but yeah, no, th- this is this is a company that is doing um, as as well as it's ever done. By by the way, British Airways itself, uh, you know, a a a 22% margin too. So, I mean, you know, everything's working well there. Uh, you know, never mind Aer Lingus with a 30% margin. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's quite a story, as you said, nearly as, as, as good as any U S airline, I guess it's, is it really just, yeah, Hawaiian I'm looking at the list is the only one with a higher margin, uh, for the third quarter, uh, and around the world, um, of those airlines that have reported so far, uh, that's the highest of any legacy airline company. I mean, of course, foiling is a part of it, a small part of it, but you know, generally a, a legacy airline. Um, and uh, let's see, number uh, twelve in the world uh, out of fifty-two that have reported so far. Their Q3 margins. Now, there too, by the way, Jason. You know, are they going to be more profitable on a year-round basis than? Uh, you know, let's say Delta, which had a 16% margin for the third quarter. Well, that'll be tough because it is more seasonal. Um, you know, U.S. airlines have to have just done a phenomenal job, uh, really sort of uh, uh, smoothing out the year and and uh, you know, no longer giving back in the winter everything that they earned in the summer. It's tougher for European airlines. Uh, but having said that, uh, though, IAG is going to have a a, a very solid. Uh, 2017. And, um, you know, things look good going into next year. Let's talk about that Europe and U.S. comparison a bit. Um, Europe is certainly catching up to U.S. carriers. Is the script really going to flip here, though? Or is that something the journalists just like to say because they have to put, you know, they have to put story to a data or a story to data? There certainly is a lot to be excited about in Europe, but it's also still a very competitive place, isn't it? It is. Uh, look, it, it, we're, we're talking, I mean, if you look at the level of consolidation in, in, in each region, for example, I mean, the U.S. basically has, uh, what, you know, 10 airlines, uh, you know, 11 if you count some countries as far as you know, somewhat major airlines. Um, uh, y- you know, there, there is no, um, you know, 14th biggest U.S. airline that anybody's ever heard of. Um, whereas, uh, in Europe, plenty of people have heard of, uh, you know, probably the the 40th biggest airline that would be somebody like Air Baltic, maybe, right? Um, so, so it, it's still a far more fragmented industry, uh, a, a less unified market. 
uh, obviously with Brexit here, even from a regulatory perspective, uh, we'll see what happens if if, you, if 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 all these airlines will even just be able to to operate uh, as they wish. But even failing that, all the cultural differences and and depending on where you are within the region, you know, kind of overlapping with uh, you have you have a lot of different competitors um, who. You know, is Turkish Airlines your competitor? Or not kind of depends where you are uh, within uh, within Europe. Uh, Istanbul, of course, uh, you can count as part of Europe, depending on on, on where you draw the line. Um, so anyway, anyway, you know, there, there's 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 there are a lot of challenges, um, and uh, I think it's way too early uh, to say that Europe uh, that the European airline industry has caught. Up uh, overall with with the U.S. industry. Uh, look, I mean, we talked earlier about uh, Air Berlin and 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 uh, Monarch. What happened there? The struggles at Norwegian uh, and at Alitalia. There, there, there's no Norwegian or Alitalia right now in the U.S. I mean, the laggards in the U.S. are are solidly uh, profitable airlines. Uh, but the uh, the strongest European airlines are are about as strong as as uh, as as uh, any airline anywhere they're they're doing very well even in the face of, of everything that, that that i described the ongoing challenges and what do you think the fourth quarter will look like on each side of the atlantic well yeah that's where just uh, uh, you know it, it's a lot harder to make money in europe uh in 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 the fourth quarter um but uh but those airlines too you know they've they've done as good of a job in recent years as they ever have uh in in terms of you know, trying to play the uh, the, the seasonal capacity game, uh, and if, if you look at the U.S., I mean, the guidance coming out of uh, airlines like uh, like American and United is is not um, terribly encouraging. You know, uh, they'll be fine; they're 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 they'll profit, um, but you know, single digit uh, operating margins, uh, and, and so you know, so so that's part of the question is is um, you know, no surprise that U.S. airlines could not maintain their 2015 margins forever. I mean, that, that was just sort of a uh, an alternate universe that they were operating in for a while there, with uh, with fuel costs that were low, but revenues that were still kind of as if fuel was expensive. You know, uh, you know, you you knew something had to give there, but the degree to which uh, it has given, you know, the degree of the deterioration is is. Uh, uh, is is something to uh, to take note of. Um, so yeah, it, it'll uh, you know, just structurally the winter is always uh, easier in North America, just not as as much of a seasonal swing. Um, but there too, you know, I, I think we're gonna see a convergence uh, where it's not the same. I'm not talking about Norwegian, but in terms of the strong airlines, um, you know, I, I uh, don't think that you know. American and United, at least, are going to run rings around um, the uh, the strong European airlines. Air Canada and WestJet both had something to celebrate this summer. WestJet reported its 50th straight quarter of profits, but Air Canada had its best summer ever. It did. Uh, an airline where a lot is going right. Uh, you know, there have been a lot of changes over the years, uh, recent years at Air Canada, um, and it all you know seems to be adding up to to something good there uh we, we don't know exactly how how rouge does they don't break out its 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 results you know whether it has anything to do with that whether uh it's just sort of its its ongoing efforts to densify its cabins and enter new markets and all the rest of it 
uh, this this is an airline that's 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 doing very well. You know, there used to just be a massive gap between WestJet and Air Canada. I mean, WestJet for for a while was one of the uh, most profitable airlines in the world, and Air Canada most certainly wasn't. Um, and now they're uh, neck and neck. I mean, if you if you talk about the uh, the, the the recently completed third quarter, uh, WestJet came in ahead of Air Canada. Uh, WestJet, at, excuse me, Air Canada, I should say, came in ahead of WestJet. Air Canada. With a twenty-one uh, percent operating margin to WestJet's seventeen uh, percent, we wrote in Airline Weekly a cautionary note that Air Canada's winter results have been underwhelming lately. Has that always been the case, or are, t- are things changing? Well, that's the asterisk to to, to what I just said. Uh, Air Canada has has been putting up outstanding uh, summer margins. Um, but what has remained the case as, as recently as, as just this past winter, uh, and what has kind of always been the case there is that the winter for Air Canada has generally been awful. Uh, whereas, you know, WestJet has, has, has been able to, to, uh, to, to tread water in the winter and then historically do very well in the summer. Air Canada for too long, has kind of given up, given back in the winter, a lot of what it's earned, uh, in the summer. So yeah, this this year is going to be interesting to watch uh, to see. You know, they they they've you know, made a lot of uh, improvements overall. Uh, they're obviously aware of of that issue. They see what has happened in the U.S. You know how much more profitable airlines there are on an annual basis um, because uh, you know they they no longer lose money in the winter. And so, uh, uh, you know, so they're aware of that. It's tougher in Canada. Um, you know, there are just a lot of markets that, 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 that uh, I mean, look, Canada is more like uh, Europe from a latitudinal standpoint. And, and uh, you know, no, no surprise that uh, Air Canada faces the, the same kinds of seasonal challenges uh, that, that the, uh, the European uh, airlines face. And we're seeing some good news from Japan, where All Nippon and JAL posted a 17% and 20% operating margin, respectively. But they're getting it from a somewhat surprising place. At least they're getting some of it from there. They're getting it from tourism. Tourism is quite a story in Japan right now. It is uh, an emerging story in a place that, you know, for all that Japan has had going for it uh, over the decades, uh, wasn't ever much of a destination. The part of it was just the strong yen. It was just an expensive place for for uh, for people to go. But uh, that has changed now. For a while there, you know, the the weak yen was was uh, was stimulating that. So that's that's been helpful. Uh, uh, foreign arrivals, tourist arrivals, uh, twenty six million last year compared to just twenty million uh, the year before that, uh, and like ten million is as recently as two thousand ten. So this is a place, uh, you know, you know, there are these places around the world where that are that have really um, seen a surge in inbound tourism. Uh, you know, Israel. Iceland, uh, places like those. Japan's a, a, a very big market uh, that is um, that, that's getting a huge boost um, from inbound tourism. Uh, and you know, as, as the the Tokyo Olympics uh, come in 2020, well, Japan's expecting 40 million arrivals by then, and, and of course, that'll have some benefit for the long term in terms of uh, uh, continuing to put Japan more on the 
on on the radar of of tourists. So yeah, um, you know, when when your airlines like those that are as well positioned as any to capture that demand, uh, that's that's a uh, a good spot to be in. And by the way, um, you know, inbound demand from China. I mean, China is a huge story, really, for tourism everywhere, but especially for places that are just kind of geographically within easy reach. Uh, China kind of turns on and off the the spigot uh depending on on, on on political issues well um right now japan is no longer no longer you know country non grata it's a place where where uh, china is is sending packaged tourists and and so that obviously is is uh, is helpful and lastly i want to go back to europe for one more story finnair icelandair and norwegian all posted good results i say one more story but really it's kind of three <laughs> Um, they're good results. Uh, they're good results, but are they good enough for Europe's best quarter? In other words, are they good enough to see them through the cold quarters ahead? Let's start with Iceland Air, which came in at a cool 24% operating margin. Yeah, and that's impressive considering everything uh, that Iceland Air is facing, especially, uh, you know, Wow Air. Uh, just competing right there with a lower cost base at Iceland Air, you know, just, just with a legacy cost base, just can't hope uh to match um yeah i still there's always been a creative well-managed airline um uh but yeah facing a lot uh facing also other kinds of uh competing capacity from airlines abroad uh you know just this week uh, american airlines announcing it's going to fly from dallas fort worth to reykjavik uh why well probably because iceland air and wow air just just announced reykjavik dfw flights but uh, you know, this is this is a market that's seen a lot of growth for a market that's not huge, a market that uh, is is booming, but is having a hard time accommodating uh, all all of the uh, the tourism. Iceland Air is one of those airlines that has always um, struggled in, in in the winter. A very seasonal airline, uh, you know, probably impossible to ever uh, uh, have the winter look like it's it's summer. But um, it actually says that the uh, upcoming fourth quarter. It is uh, is looking better uh, than it originally thought. Um, it's made some product product and fair moves. You know, it's 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 uh, it no longer includes checked bags. You know, so uh, obviously a response to it to an airline like Wow Air, uh, which is more of an ultra low cost carrier. It has seven thirty seven maxes uh, coming in, so it's it's ex- excited about what that'll do to help its uh, its its operating economics. Finnair posted a sixteen percent margin. That's better than Air France. Yeah, and, and Finnair is is another one of those very seasonal airlines. Um, but yeah, that's it's 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 very good. Look, Finnair is is benefiting as much as any airline from the rebound in tourism uh, from Northeast Asia to Europe. Um, it, it's uh, remember a couple of years ago you had those the, the you know the terrorist incidents uh, in, in in Paris, then Brussels, and so forth. Uh, and, and that that uh, tourism took a big hit from Northeast uh, Asia in particular. Um, and Finnair has that hub there in Helsinki where a lot of people uh, connect between Northeast Asia and, and other points in Europe. So uh, with with that uh, rebounding and yeah, with with look uh, Air Berlin going away and 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 then Monarch and uh, you know uh, and we'll see what happens with Al- as we talked about before with Altai and Norwegian, but. Um, it's it's benefited from a lot of uh, what's happening. Also has strong joint ventures uh, with with uh, with IAG across the Atlantic with the Japan Airlines to Europe. Uh, and and look, there's a cargo boom. I mean, we're 
talking here mostly about the most mostly about the passenger business, but uh, uh, a cargo boom, uh, with or at least a strong recovery, let's say, which uh, ha- has certainly helped uh, an airline like Finnair. And Norwegian, eleven percent, which I'll point out is at least double digits. Yeah, it's not going to get it done though on a year-round basis. Uh, you know, if you can figure out how to put up eleven percent in the winter in Europe, uh, you know, you'd be uh, one of the most profitable airlines in the world. But in the third quarter, uh, that, that's that's uh, that's that's not going to do it. Um, this for an airline, um, you know, whose 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 balance sheet um, is is not particularly strong. Um, I mean, look, it's not insolvent like Air Berlin was. That's that's why Air Berlin went out of business. But um, at this point, um, uh, looking back the past twelve months, uh, a negative three percent operating margin for Norwegian. Um, so this is one of the only airlines in the world that at this point uh is is losing money uh, on an annual basis, and each quarter uh seems to show sequential deterioration. You know, so uh. Let's see here. Yeah, you'd want to see a fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is not going to be good. First quarter is not going to be good. But you'd want to see one of these quarters that finally, at least, isn't worse worse than the same quarter a year earlier. Uh, and, and so far, yeah, too too early to call a uh, a bottom for Norwegian. You know, we almost made it through the whole show with nothing but good news. <laughs> yeah, you know, it. Uh, not easy to make money in the airline industry, notwithstanding the fact that so many airlines here over the past few years are, are doing so well. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of good news out there, and we will bring it to you in a couple of weeks. Until then, for Seth Kaplan, I'm Jason Cottrell. Thanks for listening to Episode 85 of the Airline Weekly Lounge. This episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge was sponsored by IATA Training. Visit www.iata.org training to discover more than 350 courses to help boost your career in aviation. That's iata.org training.